I'll begin today by telling the story known as Moses and the Burning Bush. How it occurred is familiar to all of us. There was Moses, minding his own business, tending a flock of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to him in the form of a burning bush. This is no ordinary bush fire because the bush was not being consumed. Now the firefighters weren't on the scene. The fire retardant dropping airplanes were nowhere to be found. And the bush was not built to meet fire prevention codes. But it was not being consumed. So it is understandable that Moses wanted to get a closer look at this very strange bush. And when he did, something miraculous occurred. God actually spoke to Moses. God said to Moses that God had come down, we assume from heaven, to bring his people, the Israelite nation, out of slavery in Egypt. The conversation between the two is contained in our first scriptural reading for today that Melanie read. God said to Moses, The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppressed them. So come, I will send you to the Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Now, it's real clear that Moses did not want to have any part of this job or assignment. And he replied to God, Who am I? that I should go to the Pharaoh of Egypt, one of the most powerful men in the world, and bring the Israelites, all of them, out of Egypt. God said, I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. Well, a very, very reluctant Moses thinking of every excuse he could to get out of this job, said to God, Look, if I come to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? Then God said to Moses, I am who I am. God said further, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am, has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my title for all generations. You can just see and hear Moses thinking, yeah, yeah, right, right, God. Here I am talking to a burning bush that is not really burning because it's not being consumed. And the bush is also saying that it is God whose name is, I am, who I am. Sure, all the Israelites will certainly believe that story. Well, you know, you all know what really happened, and that is exactly what happened. They believed the story, and Moses led them out of Egypt. And eventually the people, but not Moses, came into the land, then known Canaan, which became the nation of Israel. Today, I'm going to be talking about the meaning of the words, I am who I am. 
and how they apply specifically to us. The phrase, I am who I am, when translated into Hebrew, is the verb to be. It would be used in any number of situations. I am watching the sheep. I am walking on the road. I am his father. However, when it is used as a standalone description, as God used it, it is the ultimate statement of total and complete independence, self-sufficiency, and immediate presence. Now, applying these words to God, God's existence is not dependent on anything or anyone. God's plans are not dependent upon any circumstances. God's promises that God will be the eternal, constant God, ever-present in our lives, is unchangeable. It has been present since the beginning of time and before the beginning of time. When God identified himself as I am who I am, God stated that no matter when or where, God is there. It is similar to the New Testament expression in Revelation 1.8. I am the Alpha, the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. This is true of God for all time, including today, right here, right now. But it would have been especially appropriate for a message in Moses' day to people who have been in slavery for generations and who could see no way out of their circumstance. I am was a, prom a promise to free them, and God would fulfill that promise. Now Moses delivered the message to the Pharaoh by saying, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Let my people go. The Pharaoh replied, Who is this Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? I don't know. I don't know that Lord, and therefore I will not let Israel go. The Pharaoh stood in opposition to God. Pharaoh was not willing to concede that there was a power greater than himself. In essence, Pharaoh was saying to God, I am who I am, and I'm not letting Israel go and I will not yield to another. I'd like to ask the question, are we any different than Pharaoh? More specifically, we may know and agree that God is the great I am, but we continually want to be our own I am. We make plans and determine that we will fulfill them no matter what. We may be like the person depicted in the poem Invictus by William Henley that expresses such a sentiment very well. It matter not, it matters not how straight the gate, how charged the punishment in the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. God is the only one who can accurately be described as I am. Jesus, as the Son of God, also claimed the title, I Am, for himself is recorded in the Gospel according to John 8, 
57 through 59, our second scriptural reading, wherein he said, The Jews said to him, You are not yet 50 years old, and you have seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, before Abraham, I am. The fact that we're not God doesn't, is, seems obvious to all of us. We should, but we should actually consider it. Yet so often, we act as if we are God. When we judge others, we act as if we are God. When we deem ourselves above someone else, we are acting as if we are God. These actions frequently go together. And some examples. Because my skin color is white, I am superior to all those whose skin is a different color. I know the right way to act in a situation. Therefore, in any situation, I am acting in the right way. I am so beautiful or handsome that no one can compare to me. I am so intelligent that even just listening to someone else's voice and state their complaints or opinions is impossible for me to understand. Because I am an American, I am superior to people from any other country. Do you notice how many times those sentences, and there's so many more examples, include the words, I am? So let's be blunt here. By comparison to God, the absolute, the ultimate reality, we're not much. Our existence is secondary and dependent on the absolute reality of God. We were created. God simply is. From time to time throughout history, there have been those who claim that humans are God or that humans can become God. The false promise that humans can become God goes as far back as the mythological story of the first humans, Adam and Eve. Many have said that there are many purposes for this story, two of which are to explain the nature of sin and that we are not God. When Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, the only negative commandment God gave to them was to not eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The serpent, and you know who that was, came to them and disputed God and said, For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Well, they ate the fruit from the tree, but they did not become God as the serpent had promised. Rather, they brought sin into the world and were banished from God's presence. So goes the story. The reason humankind cannot become God is because of the nature of God. God did not become God at a certain point. God has been, is, and always will be God. God is the eternal, infinite God. There is nothing lacking in God's character, and God needs nothing to exist. Now, let those words sink in. If any one of us can say that those words accurately describe ourselves, then either we have a really big ego problem, or 
your name just switched from Robert, Frank, Mary, Ellen to God. That didn't happen. God is the only God who now exists or ever will exist. In Isaiah 44, 6, God is quoted as saying, I am the first and I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. Humans, on the other hand, are limited creatures. There was a time when humanity did not exist. When humans came into being, it was because of the will of God. Humans cannot exist by themselves. Humans are not self-sustaining. They're not self-sufficient. We need food. We need air. We need water to stay alive. Without these and other things, humanity would perish. It can be so easy in the struggles of everyday life to lose sight of the majesty and the holiness of God. But understanding the name, I am who I am, and all that it represents, can help put our time on earth into perspective. God is infinite, and God is sovereign over our lives. God is who God is. God is the power that is far greater than ourselves. God is the power that is timeless. We can and should accept that power into ourselves. God comes into our hearts and deep down into our souls if we accept God. It will give us all the strength we need to move straight through any of the problems that life will present to us. God's power is what we all need. I think perhaps that Joan Baez said it best. I believe in God, and God ain't me. I believe in God, and God ain't us. I believe in God, and God is God. Amen.